Finally, a talk show that helps you defeat mediocre Christianity and walk in genuine friendship with God. Coach and Joe starts right now. We were just talking about the show Twilight Zone growing up. Yep. And I started talking like him. (laughs) Somewhere outside of Columbia, South Carolina, 34 (laughs) years ago. That's how the guy talked in the, uh, you call it the Tower of Terror at in Disney World? Yep. The reason we're talking about this is we're talking about dreams this week. Dreams are kind of weird. They least, can be very weird. At least for humans. I mean, they're strange. Maybe from God's perspective, they're not weird. But it makes me want to talk like the guy on the Twilight Zone, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Dreams. Makes me think of the Cranberries song, Dreams. You ever listen to Cranberries? Yes, I did. That, uh, when I was at University of Georgia in the 90s, that was my band. Really? She passed away a few years ago. No, I didn't know that. Made me sick to my stomach. I just remember that one song where she kept singing. I'm not going to repeat it here, but she's like, in my head. And she just kept saying it over and over. Yep. Yep. And then she sang Linger. Linger. Remember yeah. Linger? I remember Linger. Have to let it linger. Dreams. Mm-hmm. Dreams. Wow. Dreams. Dreams are strange. But yet, here's the small problem, and I'm being facetious, Mr. Thornton. Mm. Uh, they're not strange when you start reading the Bible. Absolutely not. So quick uh, trivia moment here, trivia pursuit, which I'm I'm awful at that game, except on sports. I'm terrible at it too. You play somebody like uh you play like a Daniel Birch in a sense student, he'll pound you into the ground. Toast you. If you ever you ever meet the guy that you just know or a girl right off the bat, they're a trivial pursuit kind of guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. If, if we play biblical trivial pursuit, you would destroy people. You would. Mm. I I mean if you could tap into words of knowledge. I'd have a better chance, but you like you just know like you probably memorize Matthew one the the begat, don't you? I love the genealogy of Jesus. Oh my gosh, oh, I man. would rather not. There's eat so one. much in it, you just got to know how to pull it out. You read that Matthew one begat begat begat. I read that Matthew one. I'll read that Luke one, and then I'll read that First Chronicles. You know, First Chronicles got like pages of genealogy. You're strange, man. I did watch two NFL football games yesterday. Before we jump into dreams, praise God, it's back. Yes. And I do want to go on record and say that I did prophesy in the middle of the pandemic, this is recorded, Mm. that football would be played, it would be modified, college football would be played, it would be conference only modified. So for all the naysayers, I hope every time football is on your TV that you just remember God is a good God. (laughs) Is it a go Tigers or go Gamecocks? Uh, Neither. (laughs) Or in some parts of the world, neither. Neither, neither. <laughs> Loyal George Bulldog, although Clemson looked great. They did look you know, great. Hey, let me give a shout-out to my buddy, John Clifton Chalk. We played golf with him recently. He's a tight end for Clemson. He uh, played golf with him and Daniel Birch, my son Jack Norris, and, and uh, John Clifton scored a touchdown for Clemson the other night, number 25. That's awesome. Had lunch yesterday with his sister, Laurie Beth, and her husband, Daniel. It was awesome to watch somebody we know score a touchdown. Hope they win every game but one. You know what I'm saying. That is, if Georgia gets there, which I doubt they will, but who knows, maybe it will happen. They may need a little prayer this year. You were a football player back in the day. I was. I love football. Defense alignment. All right, young man, you ready? Let's just go for it. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, help us. God, you'd guide this wherever you want it. All right, remind us where you're from. From Wilmington, North Carolina. All right, you took that hook, line, sinker. I can't wait to, for the Ascent students to watch this because you just failed the trivial oh. pursuit question. You know, when Jesus talked a lot, he was always talking about, you don't know where I'm from. Okay. I'm not from here. You know not what I mean? not from here, yeah. I from love another world. Ascent year one students. They miss that question every time. time. 
And then year two, they'll beat me to the punch. <laughs> so dreams really, Michael, are only weird if we forget where we're from. Absolutely. So we're not really humans, right? I mean, come on, we didn't come from here. By the way, quick question. Which realm came first, spiritual realm or physical realm? Very good question. You're asking me? Yeah. Spiritual realm. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. To me, this is the baseline to helping me understand. Maybe dreams aren't weird. Maybe they're only weird if I'm naturally carnally minded. Uh, okay, okay so I've actually, I've never seen the Father in the natural. Like, a, you know, people say, what are you talking about Father? What are you talking about Jesus? Like, we get so used to what, who we follow and what we believe in. A lot of people are like, what are you talking about? I was out of town this weekend with my wife. Yep. I gave words of knowledge over someone. They looked at me like I had nine eyeballs coming across my forehead. What I'm trying to say is, let's start with maybe the Nicodemus passage. Okay. When Nicodemus says, you don't understand these things, how are you going to understand other things? That's right. Because uh, he's talking about where he was from. Even the Jews were like, who's your father? Because they're thinking Joseph, right? Yep. Who's your father? So it, baseline, what do you hear me saying when I say, we have to have an understanding. I'm not from here. Dreams are very important to God. They're only weird when I'm so carnally minded that I forget that God is a supernatural God. What do you hear me saying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I hear you saying that. Well, first of all, dreams. I mean, it is a language that God speaks. And what happens is in our culture, our society, however we grew up, whether your tradition, your experience, whatever it was, you may have been under a traditional experience that didn't value dreams, didn't teach on dreams, or just thought that that God doesn't speak that way. So it's it's about pushing past even our own traditional background and experiences and just getting back to the Bible itself and seeing through the Word how God literally communicates very clearly from the Old to the New Testament through dreams. What does God say in Joel about uh, when when those days come? My what's he say? My old man would dream dreams. My old man would dream dreams. And quick fact checked, Armada. I'm gonna see if you can get this question right. Oh. I I put some money on this. I'm gonna say fifty fifty. What book in the Bible has the most dreams recorded? I have no idea. Genesis. So that's right. Come on now. What does that tell you about God? First oh. book in the beginning. In the beginning. Come on now. I'm How many you. dreams are in there? A lot of dreams. There's a ton of dreams. We got to think. There's there's Joseph's dreams. There's Pharaoh's dreams at Joseph. There's Jacob's dreams. There's uh, Amalek's dreams. Uh, there's Isaac's dreams. There's a ton of dreams. I'm curious from you. Take your time on this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is the significance of the most dreams in the Bible being in the first book? Well, I always look at it at this way. Anytime anything is introduced in Scripture, it usually carries a heavy weight in terms of revelation or rhema. So anytime something is first established in Scripture, it's something to pay attention to. So it's really important to to recognize and see that all those dreams start in the book of Genesis. Here's one more. You mentioned Joel passage. I've never shared this with you. I studied this one time. When it said old men dream dreams, I always thought like, you know, old guys. Like you're thinking of like, you know, you got to be elderly guy. Not what the word means in Hebrew. Or Greek, both those words in Hebrew and Greek connect to maturity. So it's basically saying mature men and women will dream dreams. Whoa. So what if dreams are a sign of maturity that we're growing closer to God? I am curious your thoughts on this, and I, I love what you said there, which is why the importance of taking the biblical language languages. I hated taking those languages in seminary, but now I'm glad I did because a lot of times you realize, oh, it's like Isaiah forty thirty one. I didn't realize that wait upon the Lord is actually being aggressive, not sitting and doing nothing. Yes. Why do you think 
that a lot, gosh, not a lot. Why are most churches not only not open to dreams Mm. and their role in our own spiritual formation, maybe even not just in covenant, but also in kingdom in terms of the mission of the organization? Yeah. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you moved here off of a dream. Off of a dream. And I mean, but you didn't do it. Uh, quickly, or it wasn't some uh, flippant thing. Mm-mm. You took months to lean into it, right? Absolutely. Why are so many leaders not only not open to dreams? Yeah. Why are they opposed to dreams? I would say it's the same scenario with, let's say, the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think over over history, there's been a lot of abuse. A lot of it's been misrepresented, and I think that jades people. It puts a bad taste in people's mouth. Um, on top of that, you do have a whole um, new world, new world, not new world, but um, new age, like a whole new age renaissance in the last 20, 30 years of people using dreams and stuff like that. So I think it literally uh, guards or jades people from thinking, oh, I don't know about this dream stuff. I see it over here. I see it in the church where it is abused. And so I think a lot of people kind of stay on the fringes. And a lot of people in the church, they just get to this place where, I just, well, it's just a dream and they just move on. But the reality is, is what we're talking about is, what if it's more than just a dream? Um, I believe it's Lou Engel. He says that every dream is a potential movement. And there's a, Ooh, every good. dream is a potential movement. He said that. Yeah, he said that. It's a great uh, and the, the word in Joel about uh, maturity, I, I, I did not know that until just now. I can tell you this, though, and I know that we're teaching a class on dreams that ascend, and we talk about dreams a lot. I can tell you that the higher I go on the mountain mm. of God, Psalm 24, uh, if I'm being objective, 365 days a year, it is very rare that I don't dream at night. And Michael, eight years ago, I remember telling my wife, I never dream. Wow. So I'm 48 now. Around the age of 40, it might have been when I was 38. When I was 38, I was like, why do I never dream? I personally think, you know how Paul talks about don't despise the prophetic? Yes. I believe he showed me that I actually was despising dreams. I didn't know it. Wow. One of the most powerful prayers you can pray is, Holy Spirit, search me. Is it possible that we actually shut off what the Father values, thinking we're walking in maturity and discernment when he's saying, why don't you want to connect with me the way that I'm wired? Yeah, absolutely we do. I want to ask you a question on that because that's what a good point you raised. Do you Can you remember, like, was there a certain point or flashpoint where you started having dreams? Yeah, I got down on my knees in my bedroom, side of my bed. And I said, because my wife dreams, I've never seen anything like it, especially, mm. my gosh, the first 15, 16 years of our marriage. I got down on my knees and I said, Father, I am tired of not having dreams. Wow. And I'm asking you to start giving me dreams. And you know what he's showing me right now? First mm. Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and eagerly desire all the gifts, especially you may That's prophesy. Awesome. Well, the same principle applies That's there. That's so good. So a lot of things that we don't experience in the kingdom, it's not God withholding. It's actually us being too passive. And I tell you this, and you may not like this. I'm not saying I like it either. Mm. Faith is the currency of heaven, period, the end. I've gotten to a point, Michael, where it's funny. I can, this doesn't happen all the time, but it happens often. I, my time, the time I spend the most just in conversation with the Father is about 30 minutes before I fall asleep. Yep. In the Jewish sense, that's when the day starts, really, you know, when the sun goes down. And there are times he will tell me about a dream I'm going to have before I have it. Wow. That's wow. not my point. My point is that it started changing when I changed. When you changed. And you would say that there's been a note of progressive growth in it. 
No like, doubt. Like what I, the way I see dreams, it's it's uh, it's a relationship. Like you can have, it's like a God building relationship because you're communicating with the God of the universe. He's communicating with you at your most vulnerable state when you're sleeping. I, Amber, my wife, she's like always had dreams through her life. I, I wasn't the same. I never had dreams, but I had one moment when I, I had this one dream and it literally was life changing. And that dream, I look back now, there was an impartation of life, of awakening to, to go after this. And, and I could always point it back to that one dream. But now as I've walked over the last 12, 13 years, it's so funny how you grow in it. And we were talking about this last night, that now you could be in a dream. I could be in a dream and like, I know what it means. I know that I'm in the dream mm-hmm. and God's speaking to me. I need to pay attention. Well, this we're going to be on this all week, right? Mm. And today, I want to be really, really practical and focus on this one thing before we go to some questions that Armando, some people have already sent in about dreams. One thing that I want to hunker down on right now is this. It's the idea that perhaps you're not dreaming at a high capacity because you're actually shutting it off and you don't know it. Let me give some practical example of this. Okay, I know that 1 Corinthians 14 is not about dreams, but hear me out. Also, you... In your hermeneutic, your ability to interpret Scripture, you also have to take principles that are in Scripture that apply to other areas of our lives. So it's like a diamond. You look at a diamond, there's, there's not just one side of the diamond. You keep turning it. The big idea of 1 Corinthians 14, 1, mm-hmm. if I just keep turning and chewing, get a more broad hermeneutic is this. Pursue love and eagerly, eagerly, eagerly desire all the gifts, especially you may prophesy. Even puts prophecy ahead of the other gifts, correct? Yes. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is this. The Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Two Greek words there, diligent and eagerly. If you look both those Greek words up, both those Greek words will point to one thing, Ooh. a borderline obsessive pursuit. I mean, it's what we call hunger. A lot of times God says, oh, that ain't hunger. Yeah. It is. This is selling everything for the field. So how can a person, Michael, practically, maybe if the Holy Spirit's convicting them right now, uh, practically go from, okay, I am so tired of not eagerly desiring this type of communication with God. How does a person go from a closed hose yep, to, to just opening it? It's like a, a, a when you turn, turn water on the side of your house, just opening it to lefty-loosey, righty-tighty. Yeah. How do you go lefty-loosey when it comes? How do you practically step into that? Step into that and, and open that hose so that we could actually how? go into dreams. All right, there's a thing I call dream robbers, and it's really good to identify. So dream robbers could look like this. Um, it basically comes down just evaluating your own spiritual walk. So number one, dream robber. Enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Reality is he doesn't want us to receive revelation behind that dream because, I mean, potentially it could destroy the kingdom of darkness. Mm. So he's going to do dream robbers. So a dream robber could look like this. I, what I would do is I would first evaluate my filter. What do I mean by filter? I would evaluate... Um, is there anything that could block the flow of me getting a dream from God? It would look like bitterness. Am I bitter over any area of my heart? Um, anger. Remember in Ephesians, it says, do not let sun. go down in anger. And I always interpret that like, okay, <laughs> I need to make up with my wife or my kids if I got angry before the sun goes down. What if Paul is saying, well, you may close your hose from your dream language if you have anger on your filter. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be angry. Uh, I mean, I can tell how it got unkinked for me. Yes. I said, Father, I'm sick and tired of this. Come on. If you can go another day without getting a word of knowledge over someone, you will. If yeah. you can go another day without seeing someone healed through your hands praying for them, you will. Jeez. If you can go another day 
without being passionate about connecting with God in your sleep, you will. Yes. I want to be, to add a third part of that practical thing, I this is what I would do. Mm. Put a journal. Mine's on my phone. Put a journal right beside your bed. Name it. Call it your dream journal. Yes. And put your expectation. Whew, I feel uh, <laughs> I felt like, whew, Father, just presence manifesting. Yeah. Um, Put your expectation on God connecting with you while you sleep. That's awesome. Why not? Why not? Well, what you're doing right there is you're adding substance to your faith towards God giving you dreams. This, yeah. That's substance. You're, and I, you're providing All that three journal. of those steps are on me, not God, right? Abs- absolutely. Armando, what you got, brother? Um, you guys have been answering it. Uh, someone from Instagram said, I have a pray for dreams for years, but rarely have any. What do you think is hindering me? They're saying they have or have not. They, they haven't. They've been praying for it and haven't. Yeah. They rarely have them. And they're asking, is there anything hindering? And you're like touching. So I, I would say evaluate your filter, what we just went through. Here's another one. You want to evaluate your routine. Because a lot of times if your schedule's way out of whack, you're not getting good sleep or in good sleep cycles. A lot of times that can hinder your dream if, you're, if your schedule's chaotic. So you want to really try to find good rhythms of rest. It's another way. Yes. Anybody else? Um, one more said, so can you uh, be more than one person in a dream at once? Yeah, we're actually going to get into that question towards the uh, end of the week. Yeah. Um, the answer is absolutely yes. And Michael will break down. We'll probably do that on Wednesday. Yeah. Michael will break down when we get into dream interpretations. But today I just want to stick to, okay, here's John Jane Doe. They are not dreaming. What do they do? Maybe... Maybe you're listening today or you'll be listening a year from now and you're like, well, I've never really even thought about that. You want to know what I believe the Father wants me to share this morning? You have to be careful because I'm a word guy. I love the word. Mm. But if you think the only way God wants to connect with you is through that word, you may be walking with the religious spirit more than you are Holy Spirit. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You love the word probably, probably more than anyone I know. I mean, especially... Not just theological revelation on who God is and thinking about Him, but also historical stuff. If you're not careful, though, you can be such a word person, and I, yes. I this triggers people when I say this, that you're just closed off to any other way God wants to speak to you. Man, that's so true. God spoke through a jackass in the Old Testament, a donkey. Man, well, Some of the strange ways God connects gosh, with us. There's so many different ways. I was just thinking about um, Joseph's dreams with his brothers. And um, guys, if you remember, Joseph had two powerful dreams. When he shares those dreams, what's really interesting is his brothers pick up the interpretation like that. Mm-hmm. And so does his dad, Jacob. They're like, they're so quick. They pick up the interpretation. And that just lets me know this is, they were used. I mean, they didn't have a Bible. What scripture did Joseph and his brothers have? Michael, how did the wise men find Jesus Christ? <laughs> they didn't have it. And the New Testament, hello. The disciples got more done supernaturally than we do. And That's right. Where was their scripture? Wow. I mean, I guess they had the scroll in the temple. Ooh. Don't tell me they were going in there reading that every day because they were not. They were not. And we have the word, and we seem to be doing less than they're doing. This is all I'm saying as we close the show. Mm. Just be open to the fact that perhaps God wants to speak to you in ways that maybe you've never grown up with. I love conversations with Methodist leaders, Baptist leaders, Presbyterian leaders, Reform leaders. I'm just simply saying, guys, the Bible is a is a very unusual book that shows that God connects with people mm. in many different ways. When you look at how Jesus Christ was found by the wise men, yes, and <laughs> make you uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Why don't you speak a blessing? Yeah. Of um, unkinking the hose, a blessing of Lefty Lucy 
to just get people moving towards mm-hmm. connecting with the Father and intimacy in the dreams. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. So, Father, right now, I just ask uh, that you would literally push people to yourself, that that you would literally draw men and women watching to yourself. And I ask that you would unkink the hose and that you would clean out the filters of your people, anybody watching. I just pray if there's any residue of anger, offense, bitterness, anything, Lord, that would hinder the dream flow, Lord, that you would literally just surface it, heal it. I pray for people who have crazy work schedules, Lord, that they would find pockets of time and rest to literally be at peace so that they can just receive dreams. Anything that's blocking them, I ask right now that you would just unleash, Father, your your dreams. Those are your thoughts. Dreams are your thoughts that are given and imparted to us in the night. So I ask that you would literally just flood men and women tonight with dreams from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Many of you are fed spiritually by Coach and Joe. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit how you can click that donate button and sow financially into this ministry. God has his hands on it. We're growing. Ascent is growing. Uh, The message of Coach and Joe is growing. The numbers we're watching, we're just very thankful to the Father for how much he has his hand upon uh, this ministry, the Coach and Joe ministry. So ask the Holy Spirit how you can be involved with donating financially to this ministry as we grow and we think big and we expand even beyond the studio we have now. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on Coach and Joe, a YouTube talk show and podcast that helps you walk in genuine friendship with God. Check out coachandjoe.com for epic merch, weekly blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on Coach and Joe.